right? Our hope has not changed. God is still in control. He is still on the throne. Amen. You believe that? If you believe that, I just want you to shout hallelujah right now, wherever you're at. Just freak the people out wherever you're at. That's okay. It's all good. Hey, do you like my t-shirt I'm wearing today? Uh, last week in our sermon, I made a comment that somebody prayed over me that, that I would be fortified. And in my prayer, I just made the declaration that Jesus is better than milk. Well, somebody actually made me a shirt. Uh, because of that declaration. So thank you for the shirt today. It's even bedazzled. It's sparkly. I don't know if you can see that. Um, but, but man, you got to be careful what declarations you make, right? So, um, man, I, I, I believe that a Ferrari is the best car ever built as well. So um, anyway, um, today is a great day. It is odd. It's weird. I know. Uh, I hope that you guys, and I want to thank you for taking uh, measures and steps in order to, to, to help mitigate and, and stop the spread of this virus. And, 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 and I know that there are many all around the globe that are doing so. And uh, we're, just, we're just praying for you and your family in the midst of this and uh, um, praying for opportunities for, even in a crisis, for God to reveal himself to you in, in, in greater ways. I, again, God is in control and this has not caught him by surprise or, or off guard. And I just want to encourage everybody, hey, this too will pass. Now, when it passes and how it passes, we don't know yet. It's still new. Um, and, 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 but I do know that there are so many gifted, talented people that are, that are working towards bringing an end to this right now. Uh, I'm thankful for, for our CDC and, and, and those in, in laboratories across the globe that are working hard to, to bring an end to this. Um, and, and, and it will pass. In the meantime, uh, thank you for taking steps and following CDC guidelines about washing your hands and covering your cough and, and, and social distancing and, and um, using appropriate uh, forms of touch. They're sanitizing things when you're out and about as best you can. Um, for those of you that, that, that have symptoms, to thank you for, for secluding yourself, sequestering yourself, and, 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 and just trying. I, I love that it, it's, it's about, it's not about you, but it's a, it's a, this is a global thing, and it's about others as well. And so thank you, for all of you, for the measures you're taking uh, following our CDC guidelines and, and, and bringing an end uh, to this, this very thing. Um, you, you, you know, the, I, I, we were going to wrap up our series that we've been in, in, entitled You Are. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way to God. It's not through works or you being a better person. He is the truth. Listen, he is the standard of which all truth is measured, correct? Uh, and if I were to wrap up, I, I'm not going to wrap the series up. I'm preaching a separate message today, but, but he is life. And I want you to know this. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. That's his goal for every one of you watching today. He's come to give you life. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life. Amen. We're shifting gears today, and we're gonna we're gonna offer a message of hope and a challenge uh, to us within the church, within the body of Christ, because I believe that the times in which we find ourselves living in today presents for us an incredible opportunity. There's an incredible opportunity for us as the local church. There's an incredible opportunity for us as the global community of Christ in order uh, to to step up and to share the love of Jesus in a time right now, maybe more than, 
than any other greater time in, 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 our, in our history. Um, that this situation that we find ourselves in is, 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 I believe, um, uh, an opportunity for us to show love to our neighbor. It's an opportunity for us to, to actually put to practice something that, that we find listed in the word of God. In fact, in Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 30, Jesus says this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Hey, the, the, these words and this command about loving your neighbor, it is found eight times throughout the Bible. Not, not once, not twice, but it is found eight times whenever you read scripture. Uh, Jesus didn't just state it once, but, but it, it's repeated time and time again. And, and, and so if, if he repeated it multiple times, it's probably important words. Would you not say they're probably, it's, these words are probably a big deal for us. Would you agree with that? But, but, but the, the, these words are not just, just a big deal that deserve repetition. Jesus makes it a command. But, but not only that, this is not just a command that you find listed in another long list of, of commands. Jesus does something really, really special here in Mark chapter 12. He couples this command with another great command. He couples the importance of us loving other people with this same Command the importance of loving God with everything we have. Do you see that here in Mark chapter 12? These aren't just some words that are just flowing. This is a big deal. It's repeated multiple times, but it is coupled with this incredible command to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's as equal, almost as equal, Jesus says here, as that very command. Wow, it's a big deal. James uh, uh, would, would, would write in his book that he, he would call this the royal law. It's, it's, it's beautiful. The, 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 this, this law of loving God, but this law of loving others, our neighbor, it is a beautiful thing. It's beautiful whenever you do something with it, when you obey it, when you act upon what we read here in Mark chapter 12. You know, there was another instance um, in, in which Jesus was challenged by an expert in the law uh, with this very thing. Uh, in, in the book of Luke, the expert in the law comes up. Jesus says, listen, I hear you say, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, well, hey, help me out here, rabbi. Help me out here. Who is my neighbor? Do you remember that time? You, you remember that when this guy comes and asks, hey, who is my neighbor? I hear you talking this, but would you just unpack that a little bit more for me? Who is my neighbor? And the bottom line of that exchange, and we know that this leads into the story of Jesus tells a parable, a story. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a story about a, a, a spiritual truth and implication. That's what a parable is. Jesus shares this parable of what we know as the Good Samaritan. And he tells that story. You can find it, I believe, maybe in Luke chapter 10. I can't remember, but I think it's, that's where it is. This story, this parable of the Good Samaritan. And the bottom line is, who is my neighbor? Jesus answers that. And the bottom 
bottom line of that parable is the, the, the neighbor was the one who actually stepped into this, this, this individual's life who was hurting, who had been left to die. The, the, the good person, the, the, the good Samaritan was the one who stepped in and who was the neighbor? It, listen, he stepped in and he did something in the life of the one that was hurting and suffering. The, 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 the neighbor was the one who, 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 who needed help. And, and, and the other neighbor that, that was good in this story was the one who acted with compassion. I love the word compassion. And, and I believe that that is one word that's needed right now in this crisis that we find ourselves in today. We, we, we need to be people of Compassion. Now listen, compassion is not just some warm, fuzzy feeling that, that we feel in our, our hearts about something. You're, you're compassionate about a lot of things. But, but, but in this story, G Jesus is telling us, hey, listen, this is more than just having a warm, fuzzy feeling towards someone. And this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, you, you know what real compassion is in, 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 in Jesus's thought Compassion is, is when someone, someone does something with it. Compassion does something. You see a need, you see a situation, and if you're compassionate, you step into that and you do something about it. Compassion does not sit idly on the sidelines and just watch things fall apart all around them without stepping into the situation and trying to do something about it. That's not what Jesus is speaking about here in Mark. That's not what he's speaking about with this parable of the Good Samaritan. He is saying, listen, compassion is, is, is when someone steps into a situation of broken of hurt, of chaos, of confusion, of anxiety, of worry, and compassion moves someone to actually do something about it. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? You do something about it. Loving your neighbor as yourself is, is, is being moved to help that neighbor to the fullest extent of your ability. I'm telling you, that's what our culture needs right now. You can say amen. Uh, there are people watching online, and if you want to send them a message, amen, hallelujah, I agree with what he's saying, or hey, where can I get a shirt? Like Whatever you want to say, uh, just send us a note because we've got staff and a team of people that are monitoring everything right now. But, 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 but listen, if we're going to be compassionate, if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, it's not just thinking about it or, or praying about it. Those things are great, but compassion actually moves you to do something about it. Come on. Shoo. It's good. You know, I'm praying for revival to sweep across our nation right now. I, I, I'm praying that in the midst of this crisis, that, that it would move us towards revival. And, and many of you have been praying for a move of God across our nation for some time. You've been praying for revival to, to sweep. And, and I believe that re revival can come in, in many forms or fashions. Come on, God is, is, can, can do anything he wants to do. Do you agree with that? I, I love that. There, you know, he, he, he can never fail. I love that he's going to bring a victory you know, in the midst of all of this, but, but, but we've been praying for, listen, I believe that this crisis could be the very thing that ushers in a revival across our nation. 
not only across our nation, but literally around the globe. You, you know what happens in times of crisis, don't you? People that, that for whatever reason have not been doing so, when a crisis hits, these people begin to turn and look to the church for answers. We saw it after 9-11. Houses of worship packed to the hilt. Special services having to be conducted because people were hurting. They were desperate. A crisis. There was chaos and confusion. You remember that? Or what about when there's a, a natural disaster? We see it when, when hurricanes hit certain areas. People look to the church for answers. People look to the church to be those first responders and to help offer basic needs or to, to help. We've even been a part of that as a church here at 1910. We've sent teams of people into these disaster-ravaged areas to cut with chainsaws, cutting down trees, removing debris. We've, we have mucked out houses and torn sheet. We've done that. People look to the church in times of crisis. This could just be that marvelous moment in history where a tremendous harvest is about to take place. I don't know how this is going to end. I just know this. God brings beauty from ashes. And I just think that in this moment right now, this could be the very moment in which revival sweeps across our nation. This is not a time for anxiety and fear to crip us, but this is a time for us as the body of Christ, the church, to respond with boldness. Listen, this thing of, 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 of fear, this thing of anxiety, listen, you will not find that those are things that we are commanded to possess in the Bible. You won't find that. In fact, in Scripture, we're commanded the opposite. We're commanded not to fear. We're commanded not to be anxious. We're commanded not to worry. Can I just read some Scripture for you today? Anybody afraid of the Bible? I hope not, because I'm telling you, this is good medicine right now for us. Look what the Word of the Lord says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Don't be what? Afraid. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous, right, victorious right hand. Excuse me. In fact, let me just, just say this. Do not fear or, or fear not those phrases. Those are the most common commanded words in the Bible. Fear not, do not worry. That is the most common command that you find in all of Scripture. Look what the word of the Lord says in Matthew chapter 6. That is why I tell you, Jesus says, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And then in Philippians chapter four, verse six, the word of the Lord says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Now, 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 now listen, I, um, I, I don't profess to know everything and I don't know a lot, some would even say, but I do know this. 
God would never command us to do something if we did not have the ability not to do it. So, so if God commands me not to fear or not to be anxious, God would not just waste words on a page. He would not just waste his breath or, or an author who wrote those words from him. He wouldn't waste it. If, if God did not believe that we could not do that, he wouldn't have wasted his time listening it for us. God would not command us to do something in which he does not think that we have the ability not to do it. Our father tells us in, 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 in the way that we are to overcome worry and anxiety and fear in life. Listen, you know how you overcome that? You overcome that by focusing on him. Setting your mind on things above, things not of this world. You overcome that. Listen, when we focus on him, when we focus on him, we realize that worry and anxiety, they were not his default. Worry and anxiety and fear are not God's default. They may be common right now in our culture, but make no mistake about it. They are not God's default. Jesus is the default. Worry, fear, and anxiety may be common in our culture right now, but that is not the default that God wants us to operate. He wants, Jesus is that default. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to trust in Jesus. He wants us to cling and hold on to the promises. The worship team just led us. He wants us to hold on to those things that we know are true. What's true? I am the way, the truth, hello, and the life. And what would happen today if we would just begin to, to look to Jesus as our default in the chaos and the commotion around us? God has not caused it, but God is, is, is still above and able to operate through the chaos that you're facing in our culture today. Do you believe that? You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. The team wasn't just singing words to a great song, but they're actually singing the truth of God's word. And we need to hang on to that in this time. And can I just tell you something about loving your neighbor real quick before I move on? Loving your neighbor is not hoarding and stockpiling things so that your neighbor goes without. It's, it's loving your neighbor is not about you well, listen, I know that we need to be prepared, but listen, there, there's some crazy stuff happening in our world right now. I was, I was just at a local place of, of shopping yesterday, and because, uh, you know, I was just afraid because I didn't have toilet paper that my life was going to end. You, you ought to go on a mission trip with me to a third world country sometime and see the importance and what role toilet paper plays in people's livelihood. Come on. I know that that's probably digressing in this biblical sermon right now, but but, I, and I, but I'm asking the people, I'm like, hey, the, the people working at, at our local places of good supplies, how's it going? Man, people are crazy, they said. And they're crazy. I, I walk into one of our establishments where, man, I've walked in for the last 17 years and it's peaceful and it's, it's awesome. And, 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 and there's one, a local law enforcement. I said, what are you doing here, bro? <laughs> that donut break? Come on, what are you? Just kidding. I love... I know, uh, but, but no, what do you do? I said, man, yesterday was a madhouse in here. People are acting like banshees. 
they're crazy. Listen, loving your neighbor is not being rude. It's not stockpiling. It's not taking and hoarding so that others cannot have needs met. Okay, loving your neighbor means you step out and you step into their world in a time of need with compassion. So if you would like to talk more about that, man, I'm here all week. Activities on campus have been canceled and I've just got all sorts of time. So, but I'd love to help you process that a little bit more. If you're struggling with what does that look like? You know, every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ are called to step into situations that need the light of Jesus. We, we, we are to step into those moments and, and, and be influencers in the world around us. And, and I just know that right now what our world needs most, and, and, and I'm thankful for all the counsel and encouragement that we're getting from, but I'm telling you, we need, we, we need to see Jesus right now put on display. Um, Jesus speaks to the role that we play as, as the church in, in influencing the world around us in the book of Matthew. In fact, not long in Matthew chapter four, he, he calls those first disciples. He says, I'm gonna make you fishers of men. But the very next chapter, Matthew chapter five, Jesus begins to preach one of the greatest sermons in the course of history. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter five through seven. You know that a sermon is, is awesome when it takes three chapters, right? You're, you're, you're put out with the 35 minutes with me today, but I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Jesus begins to share with those listening on the hillside that day about what their role is in the world around them. And he uses this illustration. Well, let me just read it to you. Matthew chapter five, beginning in verse 13. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. You're, you're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a, a, a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father, Jesus here is using two things that that culture understood, and I believe that our culture gets as well. He uses these illustrations of salt and light, properties that can be used to influence the world around us. What is salt? So, well, we know salt's used to, to, to enhance flavor. You know you like you some salt. We are consumed with it, are we not? But salt is a flavor enhancer, but it, but it also serves as a preservative. Listen, when Jesus is telling the people and when he's telling us, hey, listen, you're the salt of the earth, what he's doing is he's encouraging us. He's encouraging us to, to influence people around us with this unconditional love of the Father by serving to meet the needs around us. We, 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 we show people the love of Jesus by being salt in situations. We, we bring spice to life. We enhance people's experience. We enhance life. But we do that by showing them who Jesus is. Again, by stepping into their situation, their time of need. Are you with me today? 
But he doesn't stop there. He says, not only are you salt, he says, you're the light of the world. Hey, hey, light is this symbol used to, to mean awareness or knowledge or, or an understanding of something. You see, for us to be light, for us to be light means that, 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 that we, we, we are going to speak the truth of who God is into people's lives. We're going to let them know that the only way to God the Father is through his son, Jesus. We're going to let them know that he died on the cross for their sins and he came to give them life. Are you with me today? Come on. We're salt and light. And what that means to us here in Matthew chapter five is that we are to do as much good as we can in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're to share the light of the gospel with as many people as we possibly can. It's a great passage for the times in which we find ourselves living in. Would you agree with me? Our world needs to see some good deeds right now. Our world needs to see the light of the gospel and how it can transform and changes a person. I'm telling you, this gift that we possess known as Jesus Christ is an incomparable gift. We've been blessed and it has been given to us and sharing that good news of this gift that we have. Listen, that ought to be the greatest joy for us as believers in Jesus Christ. This is an opportunity for us to bring flavor, for us to bring light to the world around us. So I want to ask you today before we get ready to leave, um, can you ask yourself this question today? Who is it that you can help? Who, who, who is it that needs you to step in and help? For instance, maybe, maybe it's someone who has self-quarantined and, and maybe they need help with, with a meal. Um, maybe it's, it's, it's an elderly neighbor that you've not seen for a while and and maybe it's simply you just, just checking in. Hey, are you okay? I've already noticed some things on, 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 on a little neighborhood thread that I'm on of, of neighbors saying, hey, listen, if anyone has a need, maybe an item that you're short of or, or what, just let's start posting, let's start helping one another. I'm telling you, man, I just think that that brings a smile to God's face whenever you do that. And maybe there's someone that you know that's, that's just gone through through chemotherapy and they can't have a lot of contact or, but, but maybe a phone call to them. Just, hey, just want to check in with you. See how things are going. Just talk for a little while. Just, just let you know I'm thinking about you. What can you do to help? Hey, maybe it is when you go out in public and I know that, 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 that we're still gonna carry on with, with things of life and I know that we're gonna, but, but maybe it is just simply thinking about the people that will come behind you and it is taking the time to wipe down or sterilize things that you touch just as much, again, trying to follow some of these, these guidelines that have been set by, by professionals for us that, that will help. But maybe you can do even something like that. Hey, what about your local church? Uh, do, do, does your church leadership need some assistance in maybe some new initiatives or drives or, or things that, 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 that God is, uh, dreams and ideas in order to, to continue to minister to people in our community? Maybe it's, it's come alongside and, 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 and helping feed some, some, some school kids who, who get meals right now when school's in session, but now that it's not, maybe it's helping there. What does that look like? 
But, but, but it's, it's dialing in and saying, hey, church, listen, I'm, I'm a part. We, we actually have a, what we set up, what we call a response team. And if you will email us at info at 1910church.com, man, say, hey, I want to be a part of the response team. Whatever you guys are going to be dreaming up and whatever opportunities come our way, hey, count me in. I, I, I want to be a part of responding to needs around us. Hey, what about... <laughs> What about maybe the elderly couple that you normally sit behind at, at church who doesn't know how to live stream or use social media to keep up to date? You know, maybe it's you. Can, hey, bottom line is, who is it that you can help? What, what can you do to, to step into a situation? I just think about it and pray for God to send somebody else. Hey, no, no. How can you love your neighbor? How can you be salt and light right now? Yeah. How does God want to use you in this moment? Guys, listen, this is an incredible opportunity for us to step into our world that's hurting, to step in and be a constant, a hope, to be an anchor in the midst of of a storm. And and by the way, I, I could preach about times in which Jesus has calmed storms in people's lives. Many of you have, have testimonies like that, and maybe you just want to start posting some of those things. Hey, I remember when I was going through this, and Jesus saw me through it, and I believe he'll do it again. You remember those times. Don't forget how he has stepped into your life in the past, and I'm telling you, he'll do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. That's what we sing. Do we really believe that think about some ways some opportunities in which God wants to use you to to step into someone's life and help in this time of need listen I want to encourage us in these days to come because it's unknown listen it is listen this is moment by moment things are are constantly changing. Hey, the, the reality is you're, you're, we're probably going to see a spike in, 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 in numbers of cases reported. We will. Testing is just really beginning to start. People coming back from trips. I mean, listen, it's, we're, we're going to see. We don't just, just know that. I don't know when it's going to end and where we're going to flatten the curve. And I don't know when it's all. I, I just, just know that there's some uncertainties in the days to come. But, but let's step into those situations that we can. And, and I do know we, we, we can all pray towards this. We, we can all pray just like we started our time together today, not only for our government and leaders making decisions, but can we pray for this to stop? Do, do we really believe that the God who, who raised the dead from the grave, <laughs> the very God who himself rose from the grave, Jesus, can, do we believe that he can handle this? He can. And I want us to be people of hope and trust and faith. <clears throat> you know, I was reminded, <clears throat> you guys know that I get some crazy ideas from time to time, but... I was reminded of an old song that I sang as a kid. I'm not going to sing it. Um, but, but I remember the words to the old song that we used to sing in church time and time again. And they probably have never been more real to me than right now. Let me just encourage you with the words that say this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full 
in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. My friend, we need Jesus. He is better than milk. But we need to set our mind on him right now. The things around us are real, not trying to make light of that. But can we somehow shift our thinking and our gaze and our focus towards Jesus and let him do what he does? You need to know that with the fluidity of this moment that we as a church, our staff, our elders, our executive team, and we're, we're all working hard to, to try to stay connected with you. That's why I want to encourage you guys to, to continue to look on all of our social media threads and, and handles because we're going to be posting things all the time. We're going to be offering words of encouragement to you. There might be times of, of us just saying, hey, we're going to go live and we're just going to sing for a little bit. Who knows? Um, we're going to post some opportunities for us to step out and serve our community. So, so stay up to breast. And the best form of communication for us right now during this time of social distancing is, is through technology. And aren't you thankful for technology in moments like this and, and how we can still stay connected? Hey, as best you can, don't isolate yourself. As I mean, still, still stay connected to people. I think physical connection and face-to-face contact is important. Use good judgment there. Use good judgment there. Follow the guidelines, but but don't isolate yourself. The enemy would love to have feel this. So we're going to do whatever we can to stay connected and, and to give you opportunities to serve and to grow. Get in the Word. Look for opportunities to serve and be salt and light. And just as a reminder, we, we for the next two weeks, are, 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 are pausing on all activities on this campus. Um, there won't be any Bible studies, midweek things live and in person. Um, there may be some things, again, broadcast through social media. We're gonna do this same thing next Sunday. I hope it's been okay for you and uh, um, that it's been memorable, but, 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 but just know that there's nothing happening on this campus. I do want to encourage you to still continue to, 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 to give faithfully to the ministry of this church, to tithe. Again, those are going to be some of the things that people can't do. And this just might be an opportunity for you to step up in, in, in a greater capacity so that we can continue to serve and meet needs in this community. I loved it this morning. We had somebody that drove to the campus. They knocked on the door and, and handed an envelope with, with their, their tithe in it. I know that we can't gather to worship, but I wanted to, to bring this to the house so that ministry could continue to happen. So thank you for that. And let's continue to look for ways to do that. Father, I'm going to pray blessing over everyone watching right now. Pray blessing over every house of worship today, every believer in Jesus Christ, that we would see the opportunity before us to be your hands and feet right now. God, I pray that the church of Jesus Christ would shine right now in this dark time. Lord, we pray that you would stop this virus. I pray protection over individuals, God, that you would keep them free and clear. I pray against the loss of life. Lord, use our medical personnel. Use them in this moment, God. Give them the tools they need. We lift them up. God, through it all, I pray that you would be honored and glorified. 
that we would see our need for Jesus and trust you even more. It's in your awesome holy name we pray. 